Welcome in on a Monday. How's everybody? Man, enjoy the uh, warmer temperatures today while we have them because we've got uh, the winter blizzard coming in uh, Wednesday and Thursday, I guess. Oh, is it going to be a blizzard? It may be a blizzard. Is that what they're saying? Might be a blizzard, yes. Might be a blizzard. We'll see. I feel like like I've been sold a blizzard every year that I've Mm -hmm. lived in Oklahoma, and it's only ever happened once, which, to be fair, was last year, so... Yeah, just, uh, you know, you don't have to go buy every gallon of milk or every loaf of bread. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Uh, Life goes on. But life does not go on for the Chiefs or the 49ers. How about the NFL? You know, we had a great, um, you know, the divisional round was as good as we've had ever in the NFL playoffs. And yesterday's games, two uh, games decided by three points were really good, too. Man, how about the Chiefs and that collapse? Credit to the Bengals. That was big time. I love seeing Cincinnati win that game. I've got a little bit of Chiefs fatigue, and it's mainly due to three people. Uh, Jackson, Brittany, and Travis Kelsey, those three. Really? I did not figure Travis Kelsey would get thrown in the same category as Jackson, Mahomes, and Brittany. (laughs) Well, I mean, those two are way, way ahead of uh, Travis Kelsey in terms of their annoyance factor. It makes Patrick Mahomes' stardom all the more impressive. Because the fact that he has to deal with that on a day-to-day basis. Hey, bro, man, come on, man. You know, come on, stop. But uh, I thought that game was 100% over yesterday when it was 21-3. to Well, because Kansas City is the one team that you could almost count on not collapsing like that, right? Yeah. Like if you figured there's a team in the entire NFL whose offense won't go dormant for an entire half, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, the Bengals, that comeback was unbelievable. And uh, you talk about the two series that changed things, the, uh, the stop on Tyreek Hill. Uh, on the flat pass from Patrick Mahomes, great stop by the Bengals' defense. They come back, touchdown pass to Samahe Perrine, 40-yarder, and uh, the momentum of the game had changed. I still thought, even at that point, 21-10, to 10, well, the Bengals, maybe they can make this, this interesting. But, man, Patrick Mahomes looked like, uh, I don't know, it didn't look like Patrick Mahomes in the second half, and the Bengals win the game 27-24. to 24. They are going to the Super Bowl, and the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. And San Francisco was up 17-7 to after three quarters in that game, yet Matthew Stafford and company come back and win that matchup. So we await Super Bowl 56 coming up February 13th on NBC at 5.30. The Rams and the Bengals. I don't know. I'm kind of excited about it, actually. It's I, I, The one thing I do like about the Super Bowl matchup, Mike, is it's one that nobody was banking on at the beginning of the season. Like last year, the Chiefs and the Buccaneers, that was kind of predictable. The year before, Chiefs and the Niners, not as predictable, but still, like you could believe it. The year before that, it was the Patriots and the and the Rams. Basically, this is the first time in a minute that we've had two relatively unexpected teams get to the Super Bowl. Because I know like the Rams were a trendy pick, sure, but I don't know that they would have been considered a favorite at any point in time. Really, everybody kind of figured it was going to be Packers either the, or Chiefs, Tampa Bay. the Chiefs and the Bucks again or it was going to be the Chiefs and Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the Rams, you know, they pushed all their chips in. There's no doubt about it with Matthew Stafford. And uh, I'm happy for Matthew Stafford getting a, a chance to play, you know, for the Lombardi Trophy now. Uh, they get Von Miller in that deal late in the year and uh, got OBJ. And he made some plays yesterday, both Cooper Cup and 
Odell Beckham Jr. had over 100 yards receiving. Cooper Cup is just unbelievable. Two touchdowns yesterday. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo with the interception at the end of the game. We kind of saw that coming, didn't we? But, man, Cincinnati, to be the worst team in the league two years ago, and Joe Burrow, who still looks like he's about 12, and he's wearing the JB9 you know, chain now. Oh, man. I he mean, still looks like the kid from Home Alone. He does. He does a little bit, doesn't he? He looks like Malibu's most wanted, you know, with all the bling and everything he's got. But, man, he can play. And, again, uh, for Sooner fans, you get a Super Bowl matchup where you have Joe Mixon and Samaj uh, Pirine. Both played well yesterday. And uh, Jordan Evans, of course, on that roster as well for the Bengals or for uh, the Rams. You have Bobby Evans and you have Obo Okoronkwo as well. So, uh, you know, but uh, missing out, again, Creed Humphrey and Orlando Brown and uh, Blake Bell and James Winchester. And, uh, you know, it, it was tough. It was tough to, uh, for Chiefs fans to swallow that because I'm sure they were feeling super confident. They were, they were on their way to uh, SoFi Stadium to play for another ring, and boom, the Bengals get it done. The Bengals get it done. Uh, what about your boy Tom Brady? Uh, you still feel like that's going to be announced by Tom Brady himself in a couple days? Do you think the, they're the wrong whole, or what? The whole dynamic of that situation was just bizarre, Mike, because you know I'm watching college basketball on ESPN on Saturday, and you know you have the ticker at the bottom, and there's always the headline, mm-hmm. and then there's the subtext. And the headline is, ESPN reports Tom Brady is retiring. And then in the subtext, it's like, Bruce Arians tells ESPN no decision has been made. Tom Brady's agent tells ESPN no decision has been made. It's like, what are you reporting here? They are trying to be first when it officially comes down. And I kind of think it will come down. But they want to say, we had it first. And and I think here's, here's where I tend to believe that it is true he's retiring is when you look at the statement his agent made, I feel like if Brady was truly undecided, if he did not intend to retire, his agent would have come out and said, hey, these reports are false. He would have been emphatic about it. But what he said was, I'm not going to comment on the accuracy or inaccuracy of these reports, which kind of leads me to believe, okay, there's probably some truth to what Schefter's putting out there. Yeah, and for Tom Brady, 22 seasons, uh, led the league in passing yards and touchdowns this year. Uh, You know, seven Super Bowl rings, five-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time MVP. Uh, His career speaks for itself, and uh, immediately we started getting the Mount Rushmores and everything out there. It's like, man, here we go. Here we go. All right, we always got to do that. Uh, who's who's the greatest of all time? But uh, I, I don't think there's any argument when it comes to the NFL in terms of quarterbacks, at least, Tom Brady. Now, you might say pound for pound, maybe a guy like Jim Brown or Lawrence Taylor, somebody uh, you know uh, that's not a quarterback, but uh, there's no argument with me for Tom Brady anymore. So we'll see when it actually becomes official, and it looks like it's only a matter of time. By the way, Thank you, Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort System, sponsoring our first hour here. Steelman and Thune on the Ref Radio Network on your Monday. Uh, by the way, what did we talk about Friday? We, we were just waiting for it to come down, and it did come down. Jackson Darts and Michael Trigg it blew up the Sooners' plans. You maniacs! You blew it up! Damn you! Damn you all to hell! Ole Miss. I, I, uh, that seems a little extreme, Mike. Don't you think? Oh, that's we played that for Mule Shoe. 
Exactly. Uh, like uh, definitely not extreme in that case. But yeah, yeah. Dart and Trey, I, I wouldn't say they blew up the Sooners' plan. No, Dylan Gabriel's a pretty good plan. But you were thinking about how good would it be if you have Dylan Gabriel, you know, as your starter? Because I think he would have been the starter, but. Uh, because of his familiarity with, with Jeff Levy and the fact that he's a really good player, too. But to have that and then have Mike uh, Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg joining the fold as well, you got Nick Evers for the future, that looks pretty good. That looks pretty, pretty good. But no surprise, we were talking about this last week, and that's the fact that it just made sense. Uh, Old Miss, because Michael Trigg didn't want to go to BYU, they wanted to be a package deal. If he comes to Oklahoma – there is real competition for that spot, and he was going to be, you know, maybe a lap behind Dylan Gabriel coming in because of Dylan Gabriel's uh, relationship with Jeff Levy, having played for him at UCF. So I kind of thought that all along it just looked, uh, looked like Ole Miss made the most sense, and that's where he would wind up, and that's what happened this weekend. So, so anyway, there you go. And uh, Wednesday's coming up. Uh, Wednesday's a big day. Wednesday is <laughs> arguably the biggest day on the entire recruiting count. Well, that's not true. I guess early, these, day, early these signing days, days there's more bigger. happening yeah. on early signing day than there is on the actual national signing day. But, but that is, said, this is a big one though with this staff, right? Yes, no uh, last doubt. year, last year national signing day was wholly uninteresting. Cricket there were City. No, exactly. There were no notable storylines as it pertained to Oklahoma. But now, this year, shoot, Mike, you got seven guys left on the board. Yeah. They could yeah. still sign with Oklahoma. So. Absolutely. And I think uh, we should break a little bit early because we want to spend as much time as we can in the next segment talking about recruiting. By the way, we do have Sooner Basketball tonight. TCU coming to town, a huge game for Oklahoma. You need to win games at home to get to 8-10 and 10 in the league. After they lost by 18 at Auburn, the Sooners were in that game for 30 minutes, but late miscues cost them against a very talented Auburn team. We'll talk about that coming up. Oklahoma TCU tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Big game for Oklahoma, but we'll jump into some recruiting, a couple new commitments to talk about, and what's going to happen Wednesday. We'll get into that when we get back. I like it. Buffalo Springfield works for Wednesday, signing day. Stay with us. We're coming right back. Well done, sir. Well done. All right, so let's talk about uh, the weekend, uh, junior day in Norman over the weekend, and uh, let's start with the preferred walk-on. Gavin Freeman out of Heritage Hall committing to Oklahoma was headed to Texas Tech. Jason Freeman's son, former Sooner who played, uh, I think he played for Howard and John Blake out of Muskogee, if I'm not mistaken. I do believe you're correct on that. And, uh, you know, maybe there's a fear that, you know, uh, Wes Welker got away once. We don't want that to happen again. Uh And believe me, this guy has all the potential to be Wes Welker because Wes Welker was a 4'6 guy, Mike, in terms of his speed. Gavin Freeman's got 4'4 laser wheels. Mm -hmm. So... This is a guy where you look at the fact that, I mean, he tore it up at Heritage Hall, particularly his senior year. I remember watching his highlights because they'd come across my Twitter feed every Friday night. If you go watch his highlights, Mike, they are jaw-dropping. The plays he makes, and it, it it's a weekly thing, too. It's like he'll rip off a ridiculous touchdown reception or return every single week. Like, most guys would be lucky to have one play that resembles the type of plays that Gavin Freeman makes on a weekly basis once a year, once in a career in some cases. 
I mean, the amount of highlight reel plays that that dude has produced at Heritage Hall, you see why. Sterling Sanders or Sterling Shepard? Quality? I, I, maybe. I think that's the potential's a, that, there. That, that's a lot. Well, I know, and it says but... a lot that he was going on a full scholarship to Texas Tech. This guy's choosing to walk on at Oklahoma over a scholarship opportunity yeah. at Texas Tech. Preferred walk on. Well, explain what a preferred walk on means. It's like, is essentially, it like, you're guaranteed a roster spot. Yes. So, um, everybody's excited about this kid that's seen him play. They they really like him. He just makes plays. Well, and he's one of those kids that it's it, it's pretty unforgivable if he goes out of state and he goes somewhere like Texas Tech and blows up, mm-hmm. and then everybody for the next two decades is telling and retelling the Gavin Freeman story. You remember when that kid from Heritage Hall? I can't believe after Wes Welker did it that another kid went and did it out there. What are they doing? Well, and the reality is when you had the change, uh, particularly at the head coaching position at the University of Oklahoma, when you had the staff turnover, that's really what set the wheels in motion for all of this because Lincoln Riley was never going to take Gavin Freeman. Lincoln Riley was never going to give Gavin Freeman a second look. Lincoln Riley was focused on recruiting blue chip receivers from Texas and California and Florida. Not that there's anything wrong with no, that. No, I mean it's paid off pretty w- but, well. Uh, five three stars didn't, or three five stars. I guess you could say four really. Yeah. Uh, for one, but that that all the the hype and well, maybe Theo Weiss has a breakout year, and I think he's a good player. We'll see. Here's the thing about what Brent Venables about where Brent Venables differs from Lincoln Riley in this respect. And you kind of heard Bob Stoops echo it on the rush last week with Teddy and Tyler when he said, "Look, if we're going to make a mistake, if we're going to bring a guy to campus that proves he isn't worthy of playing football at the University mm-hmm. of Oklahoma, I would rather make that mistake on a kid from the Sooner State." Bob Stoops said that about Dan Cody specifically, right? He used him as the example that the, the recruiting, uh, uh, the you know, the position coaches couldn't figure out, well, where is he going to play? And Bob said, you know, summarizing what he said in the rush, I don't care. You guys figure that out. This kid's a football player. He's going to play somewhere. And sometimes you have to take that approach, right? And here's the other thing. I've said this time and time and time again. Not every kid – that grows up in the state of Oklahoma wants to be a Sooner. Gavin Freeman absolutely did. No, if you're, that was yes, all Gavin Freeman No wanted. doubt. If you're taking preferred walk-on status over a full ride, and being Jason Freeman's son, I'm sure had a lot to do with that. And think about it, Jason Freeman played during an era where the Sooners were downtrodden, obviously. Uh-huh. But uh, he was pretty highly recruited and a good, solid player, and this is good for Oklahoma. Uh, Eric McCarty is the other one that's a commit this weekend, running back out of McAllister. What's the thumbnail sketch there? Eric McCarty is one of the more underrated players in the nation. And if you take a look at his highlights, you take a look at his statistics, look at what he did in route to earning state player of the year honors at a, as a junior at McAllister High School, it's pretty evident that Eric McCarty is the most complete football player in the state. Now, there may be those who are more talented in one particular aspect of the game. However, there's nobody that's doing what what Eric McCarty has done in all three facets of the game. Mike, he had 18 pass breakups this past year as a defensive back. 
He rushed for 2,004 yards and 38 touchdowns. Oh, and he blocked six kicks, too. Again, a football player who's going to yes. play somewhere, Someone's- right? If it's not running back, it's corner, safety, but linebacker, who knows? Once you get him in the weight room and stuff like that, right? He's just going to – the theory is he's going to play somewhere, uh-huh. even if it's not running back. Well, <laughs> And McAllister, he's a guy who's never coming off the field. Yeah. Because he's always the best player on the field. You like always. that. Okay, so what I'm hearing a little bit, and there's some old school Oklahoma fans who love to hear this because there's a segment of the fan base out there, and you guys let us know the Air Comfort Solutions text line is always available to you, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. I want a kid who's committed to play in state, who grew up loving OU, you know, or whatever. It just means more to them. Uh do you buy that? Is that a big part of this? And it seems like something that Brent Venables is emphasizing more than the previous staff. I said, and maybe this is extreme, and yes, I still have some anger for the previous head coach. I admit it, there's some bias playing into this, but it always seemed like Ferrari's in the end zone. Look at me, look at us. And this is seems to be a little bit more of a philosophy of what we're all in this together, man. We're a team. You know, look, and you have to do some of the flashy, you know, they're sitting in the giant chair, you know, with all the bling on it and everything. But, I mean, I I thought really last year, you know, the uh, was it the uh, was it the it was the champion barbecue. I thought some of that stuff was way over the top, personally. And it was. Maybe it's the old stuff. And I get it. Well, you know, you're not 17, 18 years old. No, I'm a long ways from that. But. I don't see Brent Venables doing that kind of stuff. It seems more like a we approach than a me approach. I don't know. Maybe I'm breaking it down very basically here, uh, and but that's kind of what I'm seeing so far. What do you think? I think when you look at Brent Venables' recruiting philosophy, the important thing to consider is – he's he's clearly, as evidenced by the fact that they just brought in Gavin Freeman – He's going to be able to get guys in state that want to play at the University of Oklahoma, and it's not going to come at the expense of elite-level blue-chip recruiting nationwide because Gavin Freeman isn't costing Oklahoma a scholarship. It literally costs nothing to tell the kid, hey, you know what? We want you to come to Oklahoma and play football. We can't give you a scholarship, but if you want to be a Sooner, we would love to have you. There's literally no harm in that. And, and what do you think? What are the chances that kids earns a scholarly? At very high. Yeah. Trust me. Right? Very high. Now, there are guys in this state, Mike, that deserve a scholarship. And historically, Oklahoma has done a pretty good job of making sure that most of those guys come to the University of Oklahoma. And you look at Eric McCarty as a perfect example. Honestly, it should not have taken as long as it did for Oklahoma to offer him. But once they did. It was pretty clear he was going to be a Sooner. Now, you can say that about a lot of other kids in the state. Micah Tease at Booker T. Washington, who might be the most dynamic offensive player in the state right now, now that Braylon Presley has graduated. But Micah Tease's brother, Miles, was a walk-on at Oklahoma, played his way into a starting role. Micah is going to have so many people around him that are pushing OU as if his affinity for the university isn't strong enough already. That is an, that's an example of a kid that it's inexcusable, quite frankly, to miss out on. And... Brent Menables isn't going to miss out on those kids. And whether that comes via scholarship or via preferred walk-on, Brent Menables is going to make sure that the state of Oklahoma is well represented in the Crimson and Cream. And again, 
it's not really something you can go wrong with because there will be a lot more forgiveness granted and there will be a lot more leeway granted from the fan base if you whiff on a player who's from the state of Oklahoma instead of whiffing on a kid who comes from a California or Florida or Seattle or what have you. All right, so heading into Wednesday, the top two or three storylines are what? Are we talking about offensive line and the battle between OU and Texas, number one now? What, what do you think the top three storylines are heading into Wednesday and signing day? That's a good question. I think what's going to be interesting to me, and this is in no particular order here, but one storyline that's going to be very intriguing to me and to kind of watch how it plays out is we talked about the Sooners flipping Gavin Freeman from Texas Tech with a preferred walk-on spot. They're in position to do the same with John Locke, who's a class of 2022 tight end that's currently committed to play on scholarship at Louisiana Tech. Loved his character on Lost. Very big character <laughs> arc, John Locke. Yes, go ahead. Oh, so, yes, uh, we, can, we can start calling him the philosopher if he does end yes, up in a Sooner uniform. So. That's who he was named after, the character on Lost. But the, this is a John Locke. Are you saying John Locke's a Locke? Uh, I'm not saying John Locke is a lock. There's still there's there's a decision to be made there, and it's by no means a sure thing. But if Oklahoma can flip two nationally ranked guys who are committed to play scholarship football elsewhere with nothing more than a preferred walk-on opportunity, I mean that speaks volumes for Brent Venables and his staff. You know, you see some of the uh, parents after these visits and tweeting out it was the was it the Wisner kids uh, mom over the weekend uh, and even it was Makai Wingo when he came in even if I don't wind up at Oklahoma and Wingo went to LSU said coach Venables and uh, uh, Todd Bates are two of the most genuine people I've ever met right yep and you're hearing that the G word keeps getting thrown around a lot genuine that they really like the approach that this staff uses. Well, and the uh, the C word, culture, culture as well. Yeah. Now, a couple other storylines I'll be interested to see how they play out are uh, what's going to happen with Cavante Henry, who's currently committed to Michigan, took an official visit to Oklahoma earlier this month, and then was on campus at Arizona this past weekend. And I think the Wildcats could be a major factor there. I think it's going to be either Oklahoma or Arizona for Cavante Henry at the end of the day. But, man, Jed Fish, somehow, coming off a 1-11 season, he's got some juice on the recruiting trail as of late. He flipped Tedaroa McMillan hmm. from Oregon. He Are signed Ray Sean or what? I, I don't know, but guy's recruiting. Yeah. Give him props for that. So that's storyline number two. Number three is going to be, and it's going to become pretty clear, I think, probably in the next 24 hours, uh, which way these battles are swinging. But the Cardinal Gibbons teammates from Florida, R. Mason Thomas and Ahmad Moten. Now, I have crystal ball predictions in for both Thomas and Moten to be Sooners, but the Miami official visit this past weekend, definitely that, that was something that a lot of folks in the OU camp were concerned about and leery of, so... Uh, I'm going to be working this afternoon to get more information on how everything went down in Coral Gables this past weekend. But if the Sooners can add Thomas and Moten to an already impressive late surge on the recruiting trail, again, feather in the cap for Venables, two months on the job. Okay, and uh, what about Devin Campbell? Horns. That one looks like it's going to be Texas. 
He's making his decision uh, Wednesday, though, and it's down to Oklahoma and Texas. So there you go. That's the latest on recruiting. Uh, let's get to the text line when we get back, 405-651-3439. Once again, the Air Comfort Solutions text line available to you, 651-3439. Thank you to Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Appreciate Tim Lasher and that great company sponsoring our first hour here on Steel Man and Thune. We shall return talking Sooner basketball. This is a huge game tonight against TCU for Oklahoma. They've got to get to 8-10 and 10 in the league. 7-11, and 11, maybe 8-10, and 10, I think, gets you in the tournament. You've got to win five more games. We'll take a look at how they can get it done when we get back. All right, you're going to play that for me. You know I had a huge uh, crush on Susanna Hoffs back in the day. Really? Oh, yes. She looks so good in the Walk Like an Egyptian video. I mean, I think everybody – Were you a big MTV guy back in the day uh, or something? You know, we were watching either MTV or sports over at the Lambda Kai house in uh, our room there on the third floor. There, there was nothing else. It was either MTV or sports. That that was pretty much it. But, yes, huge crush on Susanna Hoffs back in the day. Okay, uh, and it is a manic Monday because the Sooners have lost a commit in the 2023 class, correct? They're yes, just coming DeAndre down. Moore, as of about 10 minutes ago, no longer committed to the University of Oklahoma. Now, uh, this was not totally unforeseen. I will say I'm surprised it happened this soon. but Wide the, receiver from California. Wide right? receiver from California. Now, I will say this. Uh, he did not have a great junior year, and that was causing some apprehension uh, with the whole ordeal. But he, he's best friends with Javante Barnes. He came out after Lincoln Riley left and said, hey, as long as DeMarco Murray is at Oklahoma, I'm going to be at Oklahoma too. So for a while there, it looked like DeAndre Moore was locked in. But then – Again, I think the junior season that he had raised some concerns. Uh, he started looking around. He visited Louisville this past weekend, and it was kind of an open secret that at some point in time this was probably coming. And this is not to say that OU's out of the race for DeAndre Moore because, again, as long as they have Barnes on campus and DeMarco Murray on staff, Oklahoma's going to be in this thing. But – I think it was kind of the consensus expectation that DeAndre Moore was at least going to reopen things officially at some point in time. So, again, not really surprised it happened. Surprised it happened when it did. Well, and 2023 is what we're talking about. So it doesn't affect uh, the class that Oklahoma's putting together again, and they'll add two on Wednesday. And uh, after that as well, we talked about the fact that, look, the Sooners are also going to add – to that class after spring football because what happens after spring football well there's the second wave in the portal who came through the second wave in the portal last year mike woods at arkansas went through the spring game at fayetteville ends up at oklahoma so you might get two or three more guys from the portal uh perhaps it may not be that many and maybe it's zero but uh, there is a chance the sooners get some more help through the portal and you're talking about deandre moore uh wide receiver in the 2023 class who is now not committed uh to the university of oklahoma so there you go um the sooners have done pretty well though in that respect though haven't they in terms of what exactly i mean you know Losing guys, but not making it, not not having that just completely rock the program. The way they've responded, I think, has been about as good uh, as it can be. You know, 
And not to say that the Sooners didn't take any hits. They definitely took some hits. There is no doubt about it. But in terms of, uh, you know, the ship taking on water and look out, you know, man overboard, it's not anywhere close to that. No, because in the face of all of the negative momentum and the continued fallout of Riley's departure, what you're also seeing is Oklahoma making some really solid impressions and gaining momentum on the recruiting trail as well. For every DeAndre Moore... You've had a guy like Eric McCarty who shows up to campus and is 1,000% on board. And naturally, Eric McCarty was kind of 1,000% on board regardless of what the situation looked like at Oklahoma. But still, there are guys, Mike, in this 2023 class uh, that are going to pop for OU in terms of commitments in the not-too-distant future here. So they will move on and move up regardless of whether DeAndre Moore is a Sooner or not. And they are in a very, very good spot, I can tell you that much, with a lot of kids after that junior day weekend. Do you want to go uh, to the text line or you want to go to Porter Moser stuff? It's up uh, to you. That's, let's hit the text line. Okay. Why yep. not? Let's do it. All right. Uh, mule shoe strikes again. Well, I I don't know if that's really a for sure thing that DeAndre Moore ends up at USC. Um, I mean, I, I guess that's probably – there's some smart money riding on DeAndre Moore ended up uh, a Trojan, just given the fact that he's high school teammates with Malachi Nelson and Mikhail Lemon. But still, I I would not consider that a foregone conclusion at all. Los uh, Alamitos uh, for those guys, right? That's right. Um, interesting question from one listener up in Tulsa. Caleb Williams picks a school or Tom Brady retires? Which comes first? Uh, that is an excellent question. I'm going to say that Tom Brady retires first. What do you think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you. I'll say Tom Brady retires before Caleb Williams picks a school. Mike, it has been four weeks to the day Crazy. since Caleb Williams at the portal. Four weeks. Wisconsin, has he visited Wisconsin yet? Uh, not to my knowledge. <sighs> this is... It's, it's uh, ridiculous. This is the big top circus of all big top circuses right here. It's becoming annoying. I mean, it's been annoying for a couple weeks now. Uh, I get it. The kid's looking out. The father's looking out for his for his best interest in terms of prepping him for the pros and NIL. And, you know, a lot of people are still saying it's more about pro development than it is NIL. But it's just, come on, man, make a decision. This is, this is ridiculous. Do you think this has been orchestrated more by the dad? How much of this is his dad? How much of this is Caleb? I... If it was Caleb's decision, would he still be at OU? <laughs> Yeah, I think he probably would be. <laughs> I really do think that. So, um, and w w I mean, we're not talking about like Marv Marinovich here, right? Uh, not total helicopter dad. Jerry Bomar, Marv Marinovich, one of those kind of guys. It's a different deal. I get it. If you've got the star power that Caleb Williams has uh, looking around, I, I can get that. But based on some people I've been talking to, and like I said, you're so much more plugged into this stuff. Uh, you and Brandon, guys like that, than I am. But I'm hearing a lot of people saying that that this was a lot. A lot of this has been controlled by the dad. Yes, um, it makes you wonder. At this point in time, is Caleb Williams going to play spring football at all? Yeah. I, if it if it hasn't if a decision hasn't come down by now, when can we realistically expect it to come down? Because 
Shoot, he might just skip the whole spring semester at this point. It, it wouldn't shock me the way this is going. Or like, can he take like intercession or something like that? You remember when you had like the two week session or whatever? Oh yeah, I remember. To make up a class or whatever. Uh, this is just this is crazy. It it absolutely is. Like, and, could how long could this realistically drag out? Because it's been almost a month. And I'm still not convinced we're anywhere close to figuring out where Caleb Williams is going to end up. And who knows? Maybe tomorrow he announces. But it's every bit as plausible that we could be having the same conversation in March. Yeah, I, Tom Brady may make it official, uh, you know, and then Caleb Williams comes two weeks after that. If You know, it, I wouldn't ro- rule out what you're talking about. And I don't know how facetious you're being, but... I'm not facetious his, at all. Can he skip a spring semester and just co- go through summer or whatever? I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe, and uh, that was that's what everybody was saying this past week was, well, if he, if he wants to play spring football at USC, he has to, has to be enrolled by January 28th. And I'm like, okay, well, are, are we taking that for granted that Caleb Williams wants to play spring football or is going to play spring football? Because, it, look, it's not something he needs, right? Wherever he goes, he's going to be the starter. That's not a question. And so, yeah, it probably is a bad look in terms of optics for Caleb Williams not to go through winter workouts and spring practice and all that. But is anybody concerned about optics at this point that's involved with that? ordeal you know and one of the things we talked about that we thought separated Caleb from Spencer Rattler was the fact that it looked like all the guys on the OU roster wanted to play for Caleb Williams yep. not to say I'm not saying they were rolling over for Spencer Rattler but he just brought more juice than Spencer Rattler did you know he just had those intangible qualities where where Spencer I'm not saying he's totally devoid of those but they were much more plentiful for Caleb Williams is he going to be that kind of leader again? Uh, can people look at him and just think, no, where's he going next? Or, man, he didn't go through spring football. You know, he wasn't sweating it out with us. He was on his NIL magical mystery tour, you know? Hey, the new the new conspiracy theory, by the way, is that Caleb Williams is going to go play in the XFL or the USFL. <laughs> Bob Stoops back with the Dallas Renegades, hey. You know who did that back in the day? Uh, that played at OU was Mike Hawkins, the defensive back. Do you remember that in 2002? He really? was at, he was at OU for that. one season, and then I, th- I want to say it was the AFL that he went and played in for a couple years before he was NFL eligible. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mike Mike Hawkins' son is actually a really freaking talented young quarterback down at Allen High School right now, class of 2024. But uh, that's I you know I heard that theory circulating with regard to Caleb Williams, and it made me think of. Uh, Mike Hawkins, the original. And you give that what? 2% chance? 0% chance? I wouldn't consider it a likelihood. But then again, it's really hard to rule anything out. They're going off the rails on a crazy train right now is what they're doing. I mean, I can hear Ozzy singing the theme song right now. It's just when you think this can't get any wackier, it it does. So, I don't know. I'd give that maybe a 3% chance. Caleb Williams, United States Football League. I don't know. Who's still? Tampa Bay Bandits still around? I don't know. Orlando Breakers? New Jersey Generals? I don't know. Yeah, but the uh, the new USFL, they're playing all their games in Birmingham. That's right. I found that yeah, out I saw the other that. day. Yeah. I was like, interesting. Right. Well, travel costs are cut down. That's true. All right, we're going to take a break right here. We will talk Sooner basketball and head back to the text line, the Air Comfort Solutions text line, when we get back here on the ref. All right. Porter and the Sooners 
fall at number one, Auburn, 86-68. The Sooners hung in there for uh, a nice stretch of the game, but, man, miscues over the final 10 minutes. Did the Sooners in. I thought Jordan Goldwire played really well, 19 points, four assists, only one turnover. Uh, you know, but, man, Auburn is just so good. Jabari Smith, some of the shots that he made. Walker Kessler, the seven-foot transfer from Carolina. Katie Johnson, all great players. I mean, Jabari Smith hit some shots that you're just like, hey, good shot, man. We're not stopping that. Uh, but the Sooners, again, lose it 86-68 to the one number one uh, Auburn Tigers again on Saturday. So Oklahoma now 13-8, 3-5 in the league. They will play. TCU tonight at the Lloyd Noble Center, 8 o'clock on ESPN. TCU playing good basketball right now. Uh, TCU beat LSU 77-68 uh, in Fort Worth over the weekend, even though the SEC went 6-4 and four in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Let's hear from uh, Porter Moser on uh, what happened in Auburn, Alabama on Saturday. And the Sooner coach thinks uh, that they were – uh, really hurt by the last 10 minutes of the game where they had a problem taking care of the basketball. They're going to make – they made tough shots. You know, we rolled it was with Kessler, and he, he had a couple threes. But Jabari Smith made some tough shots. Katie Johnson made some tough shots. I mean, they make high-degree difficult shots. You can't give them the easy ones on the unacceptable against the press. And uh, that's, that's what I didn't like. We had five of them. Uh, somebody who's not supposed to take the ball out of bounds, took it out, turnover. Another person, we were, we're cutting it, and he just inbounds it and throws it right to him. Those are things where we got to be better, and uh, that's the frustration. I love the fight back. We did a lot of good things that first 30 minutes to battle back, but your margin for error, your margin for error against a team like this in an atmosphere like this, it can't be those kind of mistakes that many. There were five in the last 10 minutes. All right, and uh, look, Auburn is super talented. I mean, you're talking about Jabari Smith. We talked about this leading up uh, to the game last week that he was, uh, you know, in the mix to be the number one pick in the upcoming NBA draft. 6'10", shoots 40% from three, can create his own shot. Just a really good player, obviously. Um, and then uh, Walker Kessler with his range and shot-blocking ability, and they're just athletic, and Auburn's super talented. There's no doubt. But the Sooners, again um, – what you saw there was a team that has a lot more athletes than OU does right now. Like I said, the Sooners have some good basketball players. They don't have a great basketball player. I'm not trying to dog them at all. It's just a difference in talent no, it's the reality. right there. That is a reality. And what's going on? Uh, I know that uh, obviously Jacob Groves started again, but Elijah Harkless seems to be in a real funk right now. And that's, you know, that's um, – one of those mysteries wrapped in an enigma. And Parker, man, they, this TCU game's big tonight. You know, speaking of margin for error, there's not a lot left. Here are Oklahoma's remaining home games. TCU tonight, Texas Tech at home, Texas at home, Oklahoma State at home at West Virginia. Uh, the Sooners have road games Saturday, Bedlam, 11 a.m., by the way, on either ESPN or ESPN2. Hasn't been decided yet. In Stillwater, 11 a.m., Rooster tip-off uh, this weekend. They have to go to Oklahoma State at Kansas, at Iowa State, at Tech, and at Kansas State. So you need to win to feel really good about your chances. Five more games. you got to – and if What you, you got to do at this point is you got to win all the games you should win. And I would classify this as a game you should win. Mm -hmm. On your home floor against a TCU team that needed overtime to beat you, and arguably your worst all-around performance of the year, 
down in Fort Worth at Schulmeyer Arena. Yeah, so yeah. this, for me, falls into the category of a game that Porter Moser and the Sooners should win. And these are the ones that you have to make sure you get. Yeah, and because, man, there's 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 not a lot of makeup in the Big 12. No, and, there is and, not. And TCU's better than expected. They got a few votes in the top 25 this week. So TCU's cruising into Norman, feeling good about itself. That one of a ranked LSU squad over the weekend. Uh, they're 14-4 and four on the year. TCU, they already have a victory over Oklahoma. But, man, Parker, you – I mean, you know – Tech and Texas, you know, Tech is going to be a tough one to win at home. Uh, can they? Look, Oklahoma could run the table at home, no doubt. But sure. uh, you need you need to take care of business for sure against TCU, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia. Those are three teams you should beat at home. Uh, and you should at least, if you can split with Tech and Texas, then that gets you uh, in a good spot. But you're probably going to have to make one up on the road. And Stillwater's always tough. And Lawrence, good luck. At Iowa State, good luck. At, in Lubbock against Tech, good luck. And then at K-State, you may think, well, that one's one. But the Sooners have a Manhattan issue, it seems like. So this one tonight's really big for Oklahoma. Don't slip up in this game, man. Protect your home floor. Uh, because all of a sudden, you lose this game tonight, you're very much right in that bubble. How long has it been since OU won in Manhattan? It's been a minute, hasn't yeah, it? We'd have to go ahead and Google it up, but it has been, no doubt. It has been. All right, so once again, uh, Oklahoma TCU tonight coming up, 8 o'clock on ESPN, and a uh, big game for the Sooners. They need support out there in the LNC because, like I said, they need to get to feel good about themselves to 8-10 and 10 in the league, and that's winning five more games in the conference and meaning protecting your home court. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to talk more Sooner football, some recruiting news today. Signing day is Wednesday, the late signing day. We'll get into that and more next hour here on The Ref. It is hour number two, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in. I am the man of steel, one of America's favorite, probably not, regional radio stars, along with the uh, latest five-star out of the Oklahoma Journalism School, Parker Thune, 247 Sports, com. Here until 2 o'clock, then it's locked in with Parker and Tyler McComas right before the rush at 3 o'clock with Tyler and Teddy. Here on The Ref, this hour brought to you by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Great deal on a car or truck. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley. Oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel from the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. All of that at no additional cost to you. That's a heck of a deal. Okay, and uh, recruiting news today, uh, there's some news again if you're just joining us out of the 2023 class for Oklahoma, and it's not it's not devastating news, but it's not great news either, Parker, right? Yeah, I mean, losing Derek, or uh, it, it, I almost said Derek Moore. They did lose Derek Moore, but that's not news. DeAndre Moore, uh, the latest decommitment for the Sooners, four-star wide receiver, I, technically athlete, but was going to play wide receiver at Oklahoma. Uh, out of Los Alamitos High School in California. Again, as I mentioned at the end of last hour, this was not totally unforeseen. This was something that had been rumored, floated. There had been some rumblings that this was coming, that OU was maybe looking for something else or something different in terms of their wide receiver room going forward in the class of 2023, and that DeAndre Moore was maybe looking around at what his other options might be. So, Again, I was surprised this all went down as quickly as it did, but not surprised that it eventually did happen. And at this point in time, you'd have to figure that Oklahoma starts to pursue other targets of the wide receiver position. Ashton Cozart is obviously a guy that they're in a really good position to land. 
I think they have a sneaky good shot at Jalen Hale, too, at a Longview High School in Texas, who, for my money, is the best wide receiver in this 2023 class. So if they can land him, that's huge. But doesn't look like right now that DeAndre Moore is going to be a member of Oklahoma's signing class. I'm not saying they're completely out of the picture in all this because you got to factor in the connections to DeMarco Murray and Javante Barnes, but still it just it doesn't really seem like OU has all the luster that it once did in DeAndre Moore's eyes. And I'm not sure DeAndre Moore has all the luster that he once had in Oklahoma's eyes. All right. I want to talk about recruiting philosophy, the previous staff versus the new staff. And first, let's hear from Brent Venables. This this is uh, what he said. Man, I sounded like I've been drinking tequila there, a little rock and roll tequila. (laughs) This is what Brent Venables said recently about his recruiting philosophy at Oklahoma. We're going to value our offer. It's important to me, first of all, that we understand what those values are. And what the fit is, find people first. Yeah, they got to be talented. That, that goes without saying. they got to be a great player. But we're going to look for people first because I think that's what sustains. There'll be some tough moments. You go to college, it's hard, especially when you're young and immature. So I think it's important that you find you know people that got the right stuff and uh, whatever that is. And, and, again, our job as a staff is having the ability to identify that. Nobody's going to protect themselves wholeheartedly where, where you, you're not going to lose anybody. But we want to keep it, you know, we want to keep that to a minimum because I, I think continuity can be a very good thing, as we know. All right, sometimes you hear something like that and you think, oh, man, that is such coach speak right there. Come on. Every coach can throw that out there. But with with Brent and – I've talked about this a little bit. It seems like a little bit of a different Brent Venables coming back to Oklahoma. I think he's maybe, my guess, a little more spiritual. I'm not saying, you know, he was some outcast when he was at Oklahoma. He was, and he was well-respected. Obviously, they weren't playing as great a defense. And, and, you know, it's not like he left on tremendous terms with the fan base. But I think that they saw what he did at Clemson. They're like, man, what a – we thought for a while that Brent couldn't get it done. Look what he's done at Clemson. He's unbelievable. But I think being around Dabo Swinney, uh, you know, he, he learned some new lessons. And uh, it just seems like when I hear that, I believe that because I think that's what you see. And I think that's what you see if you're paying attention on Twitter, uh, you know, with Todd Bates and J.R. Sandlin and guys like that. And you see what they tweet and what they tweet about. And it's a lot um, – of that, you know, it's people being responsible. Sure, you want the great athlete. You want, you know, uh, the, the the highest skilled players you can get, obviously, particularly at a program like Oklahoma. But you also want kids you can depend on and that you feel good about, uh, you know, the kind of person they are. You know what I'm saying? And I, when I hear that from Brent Venables and I see what they're doing so far, I'm like, that's exactly what they appear to be doing. Right. And it's a refreshing change of pace at Oklahoma because I think that's something that – and this this is a very broad conversation. We kind of talked about it at the outset when Brent Venables was hired. But it seems like in a lot of varying capacities, Oklahoma's going back to their roots, to the same philosophies and the same tenets that led them to that relatively unexpected 2000 national title. And so – When you look at the way that they are building this staff and the way that they are emphasizing prior connections, found out over the weekend Josh Norman is coming back to join the staff. Uh, There were folks 
on the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line asking about Curtis Lofton. Uh, I I have been told that's not official yet, but the expectation be is another that he'll be part addition. of the Oklahoma staff. You've got Caleb Kelly in the mix. Naturally, mm-hmm. you've got uh, there are so many of there are so many guys on this staff, and you can even look at the positional coaches themselves. And a guy like Brandon Hall, a guy like Joe John fin- Finley, and the consummate program guy next to Bob Stoops in Kale Gundy. Guys that live and breathe Oklahoma football. And that isn't just the case on field. That's the case with these analyst hires. And that's the case with the recruiting and support staff. And I think there is the spirit of the University of Oklahoma rather than the spirit of winning or success or personal achievement is being emphasized under Brent Venables. And obviously, that's not to say that Oklahoma isn't going to emphasize winning or success because they will win a lot of football games. But I, you're seeing a gradual shift away from the sexy bling of the Lincoln Riley administration and the luxury cars on recruiting visits yes. at Owen Field and all of that. And it just it's not going to be anything close to the same under Brent Venables and i think that's one thing that has spoken the language of a lot of people a lot of recruits that have taken visits a lot of people that have gotten the chance to experience the program up close and personal since venables took the helm is yeah it's different but it's different in a really good way and everybody on that staff everybody involved behind the scenes with oklahoma football is down to earth they're genuine there's the g word again and they're committed to making Oklahoma a place that's committed to the holistic development of the player as opposed to just their athletic prowess. Yeah, and, and I don't want to make this sound super simplistic like this is good versus evil with the previous administration. You know, like we needed holy water. Well, maybe you do for one. But you know what I'm saying? You brought up again, and we talked about this last hour. I thought, and look, I know I'm an old man, kids. I know that if you're out there, you're going to laugh at me. But when I saw the the Lamborghinis and Ferraris and all the luxury automobiles in the end zone and the posing and everything, I kind of thought, man, that's that's such a me, look at me thing. And I realized you can't be super generic in in today's recruiting world. And I don't know how much of that was, you know, back at Texas for all gas, no brakes, or whatever it was. But when I saw that, I was like, man, that's like recruiting softcore porn. It just looked like, that doesn't look like a team concept to me. Here's the best way I can put it, Mike. Under Brent Venables, there's going to be a whole lot less look at me and yes. a whole lot more look at us. Yes, me versus we. That's what I, that's what I see. And look, maybe... Look at me wins in this day and age. I don't know. But that 2000 National Championship team, and it's been forever since Oklahoma, by Oklahoma standards, that's forever ago when they won a national championship, number seven. But that team had the togetherness, and they had, look, Josh Heupel, runner-up in the Heisman, Roy Williams, one of the top three defensive players ever at the University of Oklahoma, Torrance. I mean, they Rocky Kalmus, they had players. But they didn't have just a roster of just dotted with four and five stars everywhere. I'm fairly certain that is the only national championship team over the last quarter century or in the modern recruiting era that has won a title without a top ten recruiting class in at least one of the previous four recruiting cycles. Yeah, and again, I'm not dogging that team. They had a lot of good players, but they also had uh, you know great leadership. Bob Stoops made him tough, man. Uh, a lot of those guys were John Blake's kids. They didn't know how to work that hard. 
But Bob Stoops, Jerry Schmidt, all those – that incredible coaching staff you look back at, man, what an all-star group that was. That's what Oklahoma fans are excited about, to see that kind of atmosphere again instead of, you know, all the look-at-me stuff, which I think there was, in my opinion, a little bit too much of that. Look – Muleshoe may use that to his advantage out in L.A. Maybe L.A. is a better place for it's, him. Well, it's a perfect place yeah. to use that type of recruiting philosophy. It is, yes. But I don't know. I still think football, you get a block tackle, hit somebody, be great on both sides of the line, and maybe you'll see a little bit more return to that with this OU staff. We'll see. I don't know. Is that too simplistic? But I don't think so. I, I think you can see either side of it. And there may be some people like, you know, thinking, well, you know, that's what appeals to the recruits. That's what you got to do. But I also think that breeds a locker room where it's a lot more about me than it is about us, as you said. And I don't know. I don't know if, uh, again, I'm I'm just buying into this because I still have some bad thoughts about the previous administration, well, the head coach anyway. But I'm starting to see uh, some good signs in that department, and, and I like that, and I think Oklahoma fans like that. What do you think? 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. Tell me, do you agree with what we're seeing here, or do you think I'm you know, just imagining all this stuff in my head here? I don't know. Maybe I am, but let us know. All right, we'll break right here. By the way, Riverwind Casino, brand-new promotion. You know the great Friday night drawings. They always give away a ton of cash and bonus play. It's the $80,000 River of Romance giveaway. That's right. Underway and continues through February 25th. Earn one entry for every five points on your wild card. And it's underway today, Monday and Tuesday. Again, get out there. Get uh, five points on your wild card. Get five times the entries Monday and Tuesday Tomorrow night until midnight, then be out there Friday night from 6 to 11.30 when they award a bunch of cash and bonus play. You'll have a great chance to hear your name called. One of the best ways to get that done is getting out there and getting the extra entries today or tomorrow. Friday night, the first drawing for the $80,000 River of Romance giveaway happening at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. Coming right back. You didn't go to the Elton Show last night? There was an Elton Show? Yes. There was an Elton show. There Did, was an Elton show. Didn't it get canceled? It came back. Oh, it came back. Mm-hmm. I thought. I just remember seeing in the news somewhere that Elton John had like tested positive for COVID nineteen. I don't know. I don't keep up to date with concerts. He Mikey. missed. Uh, I think was it a show in uh, Houston and somewhere else? But yeah, last night finally, the long-awaited uh, Ed, Elton John show. Uh, are you not an Elton fan? I know you've got other things going no, on. No, I like, like Elton. Elton. You do? Top three Elton songs for you? Tiny Dancers up there. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, there's so many. You've asked me this question before, and it's so tough to narrow it down because he's got so many good songs. Well, I'll give you the three. They are Philadelphia Freedom, Leave On, and Don't Go Breaking My Heart with Kiki D. Very catchy number. Kiki D's still around, too. Still kicking it, Kiki D. All right. Uh, we need to get to the Air Comfort Solutions tax line, ladies and gentlemen, 405-651-3439. And if you want to give us an Elton uh, concert review, you can do that, too. From the Air Comfort Solutions tax line, all these Okie State fans and their football staff are probably laughing when Muleshoe left OU high and dry. They are laughing now with Brent deciding to recruit more of these Oklahoma kids who are mostly ignored by Muleshoe and usually ended up in Stillwater. 
times are changing. That comes from Jim in Arlington. Yeah, do you agree with that? I think for the most part, there's there's definitely some truth in that. Why did Muleshoe take that approach? Um, you know, because usually, look, I get it. If it's a three-star kid or whatever, maybe you're taking a little bit of a chance. And there's always been a certain segment of the OU fan base. Man, I'd rather have an OU kid who really wants to play at OU than some five-star who's worried about, you know, NIL or whatever. I, and again, to me, you take your chances with the five stars. But um, I do kind of like this approach, you know. I think it's, it's refreshing. Here's an analogy. This is from a listener via the Air Comfort Solutions sex line. Mule Shoes style is like a prize boxer, and when everything goes well, you look great. Problem is, when you get in the ring with a world champion wrestler slash jujitsu guy, it doesn't pan out well. We have blue collar now versus white collar, and that's what I want in a street fight. So are you saying it was like when uh, Ali went up against the uh, wrestler Antonio Inoki back in the day? And... Um... I guess I guess they're in the octagon or something because as I, yeah, I say I don't know I yes it's there seems to be a lot of flash and um, bling with Lincoln Riley's approach and look I mean to a certain extent it paid major dividends for OU there's no doubt there's no doubt about it but OU fans want to win a national championship. Heisman trophies are great if you can get one again along the way. They're not tied with Ohio State and Notre Dame for the most ever at seven each. SC, of course, cheated with Reggie Bush, so they're still at six. But um, they want a national title, not the flash and all of that. that. If that comes along with a national title, fine. But they want to win a national championship. Back to the Air Comfort Solutions sex line. Feels like BV is bringing back a style of play and culture that belongs to Oklahoma. Also... I graduated a year before Braden Willis from the same school and can say with a high degree of certainty those workouts were harder than Benny's Charmin soft lifts. <laughs> hmm. Is that what they call it? Is that what it was like on the board? Benny's soft lifts coming up <laughs> later today? Oh, man. Well, and from everything I'm hearing with Schmitty is this is uh, – there's this underlying knowledge that – yeah, Schmitty's workouts have been tough thus far, mm-hmm. but they're going to get a whole hell of a lot tougher. Well, what I saw in the video that OU tweeted, and believe me, man, I'm president of the Jerry Schmidt fan club. You know, I love having Schmitty back. I think it's awesome. But maybe it's a little bit softer, Schmitty, too. Maybe it's a little more in tune with modern times. He's going to work there. You know what's off. But he also told him he loved him in that video, did he not? He did. Love you guys. Let's run it back again tomorrow. Run your race, dog, you know. I like it. I I just, again, I think there was, uh, I just don't think, when was the last time the Sooners were just manhandling people? It was that offensive line that put four guys in the NFL, right? When they buried- 2018 was good. 2017 was the last time they were manhandling yeah. guys, I would say. They did bury Breckenhager again in Jerry World. I mean- that that was a long day for Breckenhager. That last group was pretty good, too. One of our listeners in Lawton says, Caleb could be waiting to see where Tom Brady is going to be QB coach. <laughs> is Michigan in the mix? I don't think Tom Brady is going to be doing any coaching. Do you? 
No, I feel like he's going to stay happily retired, spend a lot of time with his supermodel wife, and watch his kids grow up. I think when he's done with football, he's done, done. I would think that, uh, yeah, you've got Giselle, and then you've got, like, you can always take part in the made-for-TV golf matchups, right? Like he did recently. Um, you know, he drove that par four and nearly hold it out, so he's, he's a pretty good player. Here's an intriguing question from Matt via the Air Comfort Solutions text line. If Bob and Joe C. didn't hand OU over to Muleshoe after year two, where would he be? Blue blood or non-blue blood? Hmm. That's a really good question. I don't think he'd be at USC, do you? I think no. he'd probably be at Texas Tech. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. I think as soon as that job opens up after Cliff Kingsbury leaves – whether or not Lincoln Riley's still the off- offensive coordinator at Oklahoma, he immediately becomes the top target for Tech. And the reason he wasn't a target for Tech in 2019 when they had that vacancy was because, Lord knows, Texas Tech is not hiring away Oklahoma's coach. I mean, none of us thought USC was going to be able to hire away Oklahoma's coach, but that even Texas Tech is not nearly on the same level as USC. No, not even close. And again, uh, SC's tradition is right there with Oklahoma's. You know, there's no doubt about it. Now, SC claims, I think, 11 national championships. And to me, the only ones that count are AP or UPI. And I think they would both be tied with seven. But it's kind of like Alabama claims like 18, you know. The Mm -hmm. popular mechanics named us national champion one year or whatever. But, um, look, there's no doubt, as much as I I don't like what Muleshoe did, how he went about it, I don't trust the guy. Uh, I think he's a more of a me guy, again. But he's got a chance to win big out there. The problem is going to be the same problem he had at Oklahoma. Will they be physical enough, strong enough, uh, tough enough to win a national championship? Other than that, they'll probably end up being uh, the dominant team in that league. They'll be the class of the Pac-12. Well, it, it'll be either them or Oregon. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I think the recruiting battles that Brent Venables is poised to get into with Dan Lanning over the next couple of years is going to be very intriguing because Brent Venables is starting to recruit Kansas and Missouri and specifically the Kansas City area very hard. Dan Lanning's doing the same thing because that's his stomping grounds. That's his home turf. And so there will be a lot of guys in that vicinity that Brent Venables and Dan Lanning are the ones doing battle for. Well, we'll see if uh, Brent's going to win his fair share there. Uh, there's some appeal to Oregon, you know. It's a long way out uh, from, uh, you know, this this part of the country. But a lot of kids, uh, you know, still like uh, what Oregon's done with their uniforms. And Phil Knight obviously has a lot of money. And their facilities are top-notch. SC's facilities are garbage. Yes, they're not good. I mean, and they'll, I'm sure, eventually upgrade those. But how long have we been waiting for that? But obviously they're putting some money into the program now, and they're tired of uh, being an also-ran out there, which is kind of crazy to think that um, SC has been a non-factor for a while now. Have they not? I mean, occasionally. They really have been. Yeah. I mean, it's. Like the, last, the last time they were good good was Sam Darnold's junior year mm-hmm. when they went to – I think they did end up winning the Rose Bowl yeah. over Penn State on that last second field goal by the kicker who then got kicked off the team for beating his girlfriend that was a thing but that was 2016 i want to say yeah the yeah 2016 even season. then if you look at where since that 2000 and uh what was it 2005 national championship game that yep. vince young 
and Texas came up big. They haven't been. Uh, they haven't been the same. They just haven't. They haven't. So uh, there's some moments here or there, but it's not USC football. So anyway, all right. Air Comfort Solutions tax line four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. That's four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. We'll get to as many as we can in the next segments. Get out to Riverwind. Uh, get your extra entries for the Friday night drawing in the first. Giveaway this Friday night in the $80,000 River of Romance promotion. That's coming up Friday night, but you can play with your wild card, get the extra entries today and tomorrow. Coming right back. Okay, welcome back. We are double dipping in basketball tonight. You have the Sooners and TCU, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Big game for Oklahoma. Look, TCU doesn't have the jazz or pizzazz of a Kansas or a – you know, Baylor or Texas Tech, but they're playing some good basketball coming off a win over number 19 LSU over the weekend. Even though the SEC won the uh, the Big 12 SEC Challenge, went 6-4, and four, uh, TCU's got some momentum, and the Sooners need every win they can get, man. They, like I said, I think you'd feel good if you can get to 8-10 and 10 in the league and you have five home games remaining on this slate. TCU tonight, then Tech, then Texas. You have Oklahoma State and West Virginia. And, then, you know, you just uh, – there's not much margin for error at all in the Big 12. There's no doubt. How about what uh, – and I mentioned double-dipping it because the uh, Thunder is playing tonight against Portland. By the way, SGA going to be out at least until mid-February with an ankle injury. Uh, Dame Lillard's been out with an abdominal injury for Portland, by the way. The Blazers, seven games below 500. Thunder again uh, tonight hosting Portland, 7 o'clock, after they lost to the Pacers in overtime on Friday. Busy week for Oklahoma City tonight against Portland at 7, Wednesday at Dallas, 7.30. Friday back uh, against the Blazers in the Pacific Northwest, 9 o'clock tip there. Saturday at Sacramento, 9 o'clock tip. And no SGA, obviously, for any of those games. He'll be out at least until uh, mid-February. How about what Kentucky did to Kansas in the fog? 18-point win for John Calipari in UK over KU. 80-62. 80-62. Bama beat Baylor and Tuscaloosa, 87-78. Um, so two, uh, two of the heavyweights in the Big 12 didn't fare very well. And particularly Kansas, man, to, to get beat like that in their home court. Wow. Pretty surprising. Okay, Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. One of our Tulsa listeners says, Oregon, very liberal. You were talking about the sway of the state of Oregon and the University of Oregon. Mm-hmm. It's all about the liberalism out there. I wonder, have you ever been out to the Pacific Northwest? I guess the closest I've been is San Francisco. Have you been out in that part I have. Of the world? So there are two regions of the United States where I have not really visited. One would be the Pacific Northwest, which is a trip I really want to make at some point here soon, as well as the Northeast, like New England area. Same for me. Exact. I mean, San Francisco. Do you consider that Pacific Northwest close? No, maybe not on the really. edge. No. Yeah, I'm with you. That's farther south than it is north, isn't it? What would you do? Would you do? Uh, yeah, Northern California, obviously. But would you go hiking out there? What would you do? Yeah, I think hiking would be fun. Just. I, I guess just kind of seeing the topography out there. Mm-hmm. Going around like Lewis and Clark, getting that canoe and canoe around or what? Yeah, well, I one area that I really want to visit is the Palouse, where Washington State is and mm-hmm. where Idaho is. Yeah. That area of the country just looks beautiful. I bet it is beautiful. 
I don't think I'd go hiking, though, because I would be the guy that would be mangled by a grizzly bear or something like that. That's why you got to have your bear spray on you. They have bear spray? I didn't know that. See, I don't hunt. I don't hunt because I don't own a firearm because me with a firearm means fatality to somebody else and me in a federal prison for life. Yeah, I don't. And I'm talking about a mishap, not intentional. Yeah, I I don't hunt either. My whole family is big on pheasant hunting up in Mm -hmm. South Dakota. I've never participated in that, though. I guess I'm not cool enough to get the invite. But See, I would go full on Dick Cheney. Remember when Dick Cheney shot that dude in the face with the bird shot? That might have preceded me. Yeah, they went into one of those hunting areas where the birds can't escape, basically. And uh, they were, I think it was, I think it was quail hunting, actually. And Dick Cheney, you know, did that turn and fire and shot his friend in the face. It was some Houston attorney or something like that. So I, you don't want me again hunting anything because somebody going to die and it'll probably be human. And that would not be cool. Because I'm the kind of guy, did I not leave the food at the drive-thru at Arby's and drive off after paying them? Right? I did that. So do you want me with a loaded firearm out hunting? Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You left the food at Arby's? I told you that, right? No, 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 no. no. I haven't heard this story. One time, this is how my mind gets lost sometimes. I This is a good 20-plus years ago, but I ordered a... Two beef and cheddars, curly fries, large Diet Coke. Of course, because the Diet Coke's going to offset all the fattyness sure, yeah. of the other stuff. But so I went, ordered it, drove up to the drive-thru, gave them my money. I don't even think I got my change either and just drove straight off without the food. Did you circle back around? Eventually, yes. I reached over, anticipating a bag with some curly fries. There was no <laughs> bag. And I'm like, what? Yet, what? Where? Where's the... Oh, my gosh. I was probably a mile down the road or so, so I had to turn around, go back. And, of course, when I came back through the drive-thru, everybody's looking out the window like, here comes the idiot, man. Get over here. Here comes the idiot who left his food. And so I had that humiliation going on, which was not nice. But that's what I'm saying. I can be – there's a lot of brilliance here, but there's also a lot of airheadedness. So you don't want me with a firearm. That's all I'm saying. Air Comfort Solutions text line. One of our listeners in Lawton says, I want to go to the Pacific Northwest during CooperCon. Have Steely educate you on D.B. Cooper. Now, I, I know the story mm-hmm. of D.B. Cooper. Yeah, he's still out there, right? Apparently. I mean, no one no one knows any different. D.B. Cooper, he parachuted somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he parachuted down. I think it was somewhere in Washington. Maybe he's in Ted Kaczynski's uh, cabin out there in Montana. I hear that. I hear that's on uh, Zillow. <laughs> Is it actually uh, six hundred square feet owned by a former madman? You know that a former uh, madman. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Kaczynski, did you ever see the? Uh, there was I, I forget the name of the series, but one of the episodes, one season, was on the Unabomber, and man. If you ever want to type your own manifesto, there's a chance you're a crazed maniac, right? Like, if you ever thought, I, you know I what I need? I can't think of any other reason why I, I would type I my need own a, manifesto. Somebody better publish this damn manifesto of mine, you know? <laughs> there's nobody really that... No, no one sane is yeah. publishing a manifesto, <laughs> no, Mike. No. Print my manifesto or else...
you got to have a lot of ego to want a manifesto, right? I would think. Okay, I'm just thinking out loud. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line in non-Unabomber news. Let's see what uh, <laughs> let's see what people are saying. Bear spray? Heck, 44 Magnum is your bear spray. See, it would misfire. It would hit my buddy or something, and then the bear would eat the down friend, and then would come after me, and I would slip and fall, and it'd be a, a two-person bear mangling is what that would turn into. All right, from one of our Lawton area listeners, biggest circus question mark: Caleb Williams transfer portal versus Arch Manning's recruitment. Man. See, a month ago, I would have said, oh, it's definitely going to be Arch Manning's recruitment. Now, at this point, I'm like, is it? Is it? Could there be a bigger circus than Caleb Williams in the transfer this portal? This is ridiculous is what it is. It is ridiculous. I mean, what's his dad's name? Carl, right? Carl, yeah. Is he the one who's generated this? Look, I understand a parent looking out for his son, and you only get so much of a chance to make – a real good amount of money, even because you can't play football forever. I think Caleb's a really smart kid. He's a bright kid. But this whole deal has been a, um, I don't know, it's like just ended already. Just ended. I don't even care anymore. I don't think Oklahoma fans care either. Hardly at all. No, I, I don't think anyone cares at this point in time. Everybody's just like, regardless of which fan base you belong to, you're just like, can we know already? Can we know whether you're coming here or whether you're going literally anywhere else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people are over it. Another listener says, if you ever get the chance to go to Portland, get a hookup for an invite to the Nike employee store. I had to buy an extra bag for all my goodies. I bet that's pretty awesome. Oh, man. You, you let me in the Nike employee store? Mm-hmm. That's a dangerous game. That might be second only to the Augusta National Golf Club uh, golf shop, which... You talk about shopping heaven, that's it. That is it. It's unbelievable. One year I spent $4,800 in there. I'm, You're it's, joking. No, no, it was ridiculous. $4,800, mm-hmm. Mike? Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff. Actually, I think it was closer to $3,800 now that I think of it because, man, I bought I bought so much stuff. I bought some stuff for friends, and but a lot of it, I, I'm telling you, I brought back probably 30 hats 40 hats 35 maybe and how many of them have you worn quarter zips pretty much all of them that i didn't give away um probably 10 or 12 quarter zips um you know all kinds of stuff t-shirts everything glassware it was ridiculous. A gnome, a master's gnome. A master's yeah, gnome. Yeah, they have a master's gnome. See, quarter, quarter zips, those those are what I would stock up on. Quarter oh. zips are a clean look. It's and qu- they're versatile. Qu- quarter zip heaven, man. Quarter zip heaven is there at Augusta. Yes, my uh, my wardrobe consists of many a quarter zip. Now, uh, some final hiking advice via the Air Comfort Solutions text line. When hiking in the Pacific Northwest, always go in pairs. In your backpack, carry a pair of track spikes. When confronted by the bear, open your backpack, put on your track spikes, and all you have to do is outrun your friend. I don't see. I Well, that's true. Yeah, I guess it's I, true. It's true, but I also think, hey, well, if you got to take the time to put on the track spikes, you're probably at a disadvantage right off the bat. True. You imagine just imagine just seeing a bear and be like, let me, let me set down this backpack real quick and uh, change my shoes. Track spikes are very noisy, though. 
if you're especially going and if there's a gravelly area, you know, it's kind of like when you used to, uh, in a lot of the old PGA Tour players still wear what they call nails, the metal spikes rather than the plastic spikes. And those are very noisy too. But I, I'm just, I'm the kind of dude that would end up running into the Grizzly and it would be a Keith Morrison Dateline special. Would not be a good way to go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have one more segment to go. Let's talk about the amazing conference championship games yesterday. Not quite as good as the divisional round, but pretty good yesterday. The Bengals, we all thought Zach Taylor was going to a Super Bowl, right? We thought he was going to be out of a job, really is what we thought. And now he's headed to the big game to play the Rams. We'll get into that when we get back. All right, welcome back. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car or truck. Oil changes, engines for life at uh, no additional cost to you, which is a heck of a deal. All right, so ESPN reports the uh, DeAndre Moore Jr. news like this. Wide receiver DeAndre Moore Jr. decommitted from Oklahoma on Monday. Moore is the number 11 prospect in the 2023 class. It was the highest-rated commitment in the Sooner Programs class. At 5'11", 190, the uh, wide receiver out of Los Alamitos High School in Los Alamitos, California, Moore is the number one receiver overall. He had been committed to Oklahoma since September, but he is now opening up his recruitment. So you said his junior year was a disappointment, though, right? Yeah, so it wasn't falling? what a lot of people figured it would be. I was I, That kind of took me aback when I heard 11th best prospect. ESPN really has him ranked number 11. Number I mean, Moore is the number 11 prospect in the 2023 I mean, class. I mean, yeah, look, that's what I was when I'm like, what? Really? I mean, look, ESPN's rankings are a little bizarre. I will say the guy they were way right on from the get-go was Robert Spears Jennings, whom they had ranked in the top 200 long before anybody else did. But for the most part, uh, you look at ESPN's recruiting rankings, you're like, really? Really? Mm-hmm. What, what's what, what's what's going on here? And that's Exhibit 1A right there with the DeAndre Moore situation. He is, he is not the 11th best football player in the nation in the class of 2023. He's a top 100 guy, sure. Definitely not number 11. So, Louisville, again, in the mix now. So, would you say the Sooners are completely done with DeAndre Moore? I would not say the Sooners are completely done. I would say I do not consider it a likelihood that they pursue him. How many times – well, I guess you look at Kobe McKenzie, but how many times does somebody decommit and, you know, they say, my recruitment is open again, and then they come back to the school – they were previously committed to. You know, it doesn't happen that often. I think prior to Kobe McKenzie, the last time it happened for Oklahoma was the 2019 cycle when Theo Weiss, you remember he committed at the spring game originally, decommitted shortly thereafter, and then ended up recommitting. So I think Weiss was the last guy before Kobe that decommitted from OU and ended up back in a Sooner uniform anyway. But it's really weird because Kobe McKenzie – you know, committed to Texas, right? Yeah, he. I did. mean, he, he did. It's pretty rare that that happens. When is the last guy that you can remember aside from Kobe? Weiss didn't commit to anywhere else, did he? He just opened up his commitment. No, he didn't came commit back. anywhere else. I wonder what the answer to that question is. Last guy to flip from Texas to OU? No, just commit to another school. Well, well, that long time ago, Ryan Broyles, Oklahoma State. That's been a while though. Right? Yeah, well, I mean. That's been a long time. Uh, last guy to flip from Texas to OU would have been Billy Bowman. Mm-hmm. Because he was committed to Texas for almost a year. 
Last guy to decommit from OU and end up at Texas. Unless I'm just completely spacing on somebody, that'd be Cameron Rising. Yeah, that's right. Who's at Utah, right? Yes, yeah. I, I don't know. I, there yeah. could be somebody Playing that's just solid. completely slipping my mind. But last one I can like I know for a fact decommitted from OU and ended up at Texas was Cameron Rising. So uh, that is the news on DeAndre Moore, uh, 2023 recruits, uh, highly rated in the Sooners class, decommitting from Oklahoma. What is is he going to end up in Mule Shoe Country? You believe when it's all said and done, follow his teammates? It's hard to say. I don't think that's a sure thing at all because Nelson and Lemon were always going to USC. That was never a question. They were going to go wherever Mule Shoe went. It was not. It was not the same circumstance for DeAndre Moore, and that's why he came out and said in the aftermath of. Mule Shoe's departure, hey, I'm riding it out with OU for my boy DeMarco Murray. And so I don't know if the affinity for Mule Shoe and that staff is as strong with DeAndre Moore as it is with Mikhail Lem and Malachi Nelson and somebody like Ray Leak Brown. There's still certainly a possibility he ends up at USC, and naturally there's a lot of familiarity there between right. Riley and his two teammates in Nelson and Lemon, but I would not consider that a foregone conclusion. I wouldn't be comfortable predicting that he lands at USC right now. All right, Sooners and TCU tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPN. And this is a game that Oklahoma needs, man. You you need to protect your home floor as best you can. They have five home games left, TCU, Tech, Texas, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia. You need to win at least, I think, four of those five. Uh, you know, and pro- maybe all of them, unless you can steal one on the road somewhere. Uh, and those are hard. To, it's hard to do in the Big Twelve. Really hard to do. And again, here's what we got to do. We we have to look at this, Mike. You have to start categorizing these games as games that Oklahoma should win. And this is a game that Oklahoma should win on their home floor against a team that they went to overtime with at Schulmeyer Arena a couple weeks back. This is a game that if Oklahoma loses, then you start to get really, really uncertain about their chances to make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, no doubt. And TCU did beat LSU over the weekend in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. The Sooners lost to number one Auburn on the road by 18. But again, uh, you know, if you want to be in the tournament, you got to win games like this, protect your home floor tonight. And a uh, quick turnaround, obviously, for the Sooners and the Frogs after Saturday. Okay, at Riverwind, there's another great promotion that uh, starts February 1st. It is the Keys to My Heart giveaway, the $70,000 Keys to My Heart giveaway. And play with your wild card on Thursday, February 3rd, and on Thursday, February 10th. And in between, on Sunday, February 6th, get as many points on your wild card as you can and then be there for the big drawing on Saturday, February 12th when they draw outs for all the cash and bonus play and also a very lucky grand prize winner who will win a 2022 Mercedes. They're giving away as part of the $70,000 Keys to My Heart promotion at Riverwind. So this Thursday, February 3rd, February 10th, in between Sunday, February 6th, be there for the drawing on Saturday, February 12th, win a bunch of cash and bonus play. And probably, you know, if you're really lucky, you'll get that 2022 new Mercedes and the keys to that. How would that be? Get on out to Riverwind Casino. That's why they're simply the best. All right, locked in with Parker and Tyler coming up next. Everybody have a great Monday. We'll see you.